I'm all about that fuss-free glam. Give me makeup that's versatile and feels like air on my skin and has ingredients that love my face, that's good for my face. You know, clean ingredients. And don't even get me started on mascaras because I do want them bold and lengthening. <laughs> and so we have Thrive Cosmetics, which I've been using since 2020, obviously because I appreciate their foolproof products that make it really easy to apply for any skill level. And they have a full line of makeup to refresh your everyday look, but also they give back. Every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive. Hence why it's Thrive Cosmetics, C a u s e medics thrive cosmetics and bigger than beauty skincare are not just makeup brands they're a whole vibe they're all about empowering us to rock our confidence and when you support them we are helping other communities thrive their stuff is not only easy to use but no nasties zero parabens sulfites phthalates they are 100 vegan and cruelty free let's talk lashes thanks to thrive's liquid lash extensions i must say that my lashes are just so beautiful and lush it adds lengths there are no clumps and also guess what it slides right off with warm water so no raccoon eyes here and i appreciate they have nourishing ingredients that support longer stronger and healthier looking lashes over time and it's a unique formula they use that creates these tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. We've had problems in the past with the link, but the link does work now. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com magic. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash magic for 10% off your first order. As someone who is so excited to garden this spring, yet really wants top quality soil, I'm really excited to introduce you to Coast of Maine, which is an esteemed brand renowned for its organic soil offerings. And if you're seeking to infuse your home environment with a nourishing essence that promotes flourishing plant life, you're going to want to listen to this because with over 28 years of expertise, Coast of Maine has meticulously crafted soils sourced from oceanic waters and farms certified for organic cultivation. It's so nice to find such a sustainable sustainable, eco-friendly brand who really emphasizes the importance of natural ingredients to enrich their soil. And I mean, they have, like I said, top quality with rigorous quality control and OMRI listed certification. Their diverse range of products caters to all gardening needs. Most of our soils may lack appropriate nutrients for success for our plants and our plants need this. We want to regenerate the healthy microbes in our soils to set up for gardening success and just for our plants to thrive. So if we add Coast of Maine products, this will indeed help. Whether you're planting trees or shrubs or perennials in your yard, adding Coast of Maine soil in your planting holes leads to a long, slow feeding of your plants, making them self-sufficient and vibrant, which we love. Let's say you want a vegetable garden, 
Not only will you receive abundant harvest, but there will be less feeding and maintenance throughout the season. Amazing. You know that everything grown in Coast of Maine soil is organic and safe for your family and friends right out of the garden. And then you get to also feel good about their sourcing as I'm so thankful they provide natural ingredients because they will never include household waste or biosolids. And we know that nothing nurtures the world above better than the soil below, cultivated from products and practices rooted in coast of Maine. And so they will continually perfect the art and science of sourcing, mixing, and composting products worthy of the people in the place that inspired their brand and the healthier world it was built to serve. Coast of Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers. We love supporting local and the products are carried by local retail partners who can provide advice and insight not found in big box stores. So Coast of Maine knows from beginner to expert, anyone who takes a hand to the land has something to offer the growing community of gardeners everywhere. And their products make organic gardening simple and approachable so we can all garden. So let's get to growing. Visit coastofmaine.com to find a local retailer near you. That's Coast of Maine, like the state with an E, Coast of dot people think the soul's got all the answers and you know i mean i get that all the time you know people saying well but isn't my soul perfect and it's like well you know your soul's at heart it's very loving and you know, it comes comes into this world very inexperienced, and it also carries the fear. My spirit guides will talk about this. I, th- I think splitting hairs a little bit, but they'll say the soul, it isn't fearful, but it carries the fears. It's like taking all this baggage from the soul. You know, I'll take that suitcase, thank you, and then it doesn't have that. It's not carrying the fear anymore. It's just able to to release it. tribe it's Raquel and I missed you I missed I missed this (laughs) so much man I don't even I I don't know if I could ever go an entire month without podcasting again in all honesty it's just so interesting to observe the contrast of what it's like to not podcast for a month and (laughs) to truly recognize the fact that because I miss this so much, it just shows how much my soul loves to do this no matter what. My soul is happy with what I'm doing in life, and that is a really good feeling, and I'm not afraid to say it. (laughs) What I also love most is that I get to share whatever I feel like, whatever I want to. That's honestly the beauty of being your own boss with your own vision or with a boss that honors your vision just getting to share with the world whatever resonates with you at the core of you, no matter how far out there (laughs) it may seem to the majority of the world. I'm pretty sure some people think I'm a little out there, a little woo-woo, and I am, and I love it, and I embrace it. Also, fair warning, this is probably going to be a rather long intro. I predict maybe 15 to 20 minutes which honestly 
most of my intros, I think, are around 10 to 15 anyway, because I always have something to share with you. And I want to share and bring you into my life a little bit each week with these intros. So yeah. And now, life update. I'm um, back into society from the ashram. (laughs) And it feels so good. It's so nice to plug back in. (laughs) Oh man. Well, I was mostly unplugged. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't I, I, I did sometimes check my emails, but I didn't do that daily. And I also was pretty much offline the entire time. And on top of that, water fasted for 21 days. <sighs> yeah, my shell, my human shell just feels so fully rejuvenated. This was something I've been wanting to do for so long and It gave me so much crystal clear clarity. Like, I'm talking non-smoky crystal quartz clarity just on all the gifts and the presence of the present moment and what to create for the future and also some eye-opening experiences of major energetic blockages that I'm just excited to be working on within myself. Yes, for releasing all the shit. Oh man, I received a lot of these messages through very intense dreams actually. Man, what water fast dreams are just on another level, just so you know. <laughs> if you haven't experienced it before, but wow. And most were very personal, but they made so much sense. Actually, no, they didn't make any sense at all in the midst of the dream. And when I reflect back and I wrote about the dream, I was like, how did that make any sense whatsoever? But one thing that is very clear is that feeling that that feeling that trickled when i woke up and i was like oh oh this is the message okay guides because i would ask them i would write like a little note to send me a message and they delivered and i would receive those messages through just very intense dreams then i would write about it which ended up helping me get some guidance on other things and what to do next and where to go next on mama earth and signs of who to look out for in a good way new people to look out for for which i haven't met them yet but i know who to look for that makes any sense but i received that also through uh, a process a journaling process i do often stream of consciousness writing which we've talked about a lot on this podcast Letting the words flow, something that Julia Cameron talked about in her book, The Artist's Way. And wow, you don't have to water fast to get that insight. If you just do that daily, you'll get many insights. But I mean, water fasting just kind of takes it to another level. But I had to do this at a time when I was finally at a good place in my health and my mental and emotional relationship with food which if you listen to last week's episode, it was a reshelf of one of the Yomi's favorites solo episodes that I titled Dear Shell, which is based off of a poem about struggling with body image and eating issues and all the things that make us believe we're less than in any way, which is so not true. As you know, I've had a very interesting roller coaster uphill battle with eating disorders and addictions, and I needed time. 
I did. I needed time and longer break because I wasn't fully healed when I released that, but I felt like I was in a good place and then I fell off again and then I felt like I was in a good place again and fell off again, another relapse, and then finally feeling like after months and months of really establishing this healthy relationship with food, which was pretty much exactly a year later after that episode, it just it felt like the right time and I was in the right place, surrounded by the right people who really saw me and were there for me. And it was definitely the right place to be at this time in my life. And I got super excited about upcoming endeavors like the retreat because <laughs> I feel like now I have even more to share and more for the Your Own Magic Soul Tribe site. Also, I should note that I would not advise a long fast, especially a 21-day fast for someone, anyone struggling with any sort of eating disorder at this time in their life. And you know deep down if you are, you don't have to admit it to anyone but yourself first. You just know. So to be honest with that, if you know right now is not the time, and you can also just ask your soul or ask or set an intention in journaling to get clarity if you should do a, a water fasting. If you get clarity that you should, then do it. And to be honest with your intentions about it, to set healing intentions for your mind, body, and soul realignment before anything else. I just want everyone who decides to do this to hopefully do it for their health and their spiritual well-being. I actually wanted to go long. I thought I could go longer. I was feeling extremely energetic the first two and a half weeks. And then I started getting the symptoms like it's time to quit. For example, extreme dizziness and almost fainting in the shower. But I sat down before I fainted. I was like, yo, it's time for food. <laughs> I really want to go at least 22 days. That was my minimum. But 21, my body was like, all right, you're good. This is good enough. So I listened to her. It's one of those things you can't really set a date. Your body just lets you know. But it's fine to have a goal. Like I really, really thought I could do 28 days, especially with how energetic I was. But then the last few days, my body was like, nope. Plus, I was walking extremely slowly. But the monks were just so helpful. And they also gave me my space and allowed my healing to unfold naturally. Plus, I had some support from friends who have done it before, like... Jordan Younger from The Balanced Blonde, who has been on this podcast a few times, and she even talked about her water fasting experience. But what I really loved, well, besides feeling like my body is getting rid of toxins every day, like I could feel that I was shedding so much energetic, emotional, and mental, and even spiritual weight that was only building up. And oh, I felt reborn. I feel reborn. I do. I feel, I feel anew. <laughs> and it was also just a great excuse to read a lot of books, lay around in bed almost all day, write a lot of poetry, and <laughs> write part of my book that just kind of came through me during that time. And also it was I got clarity as to why my first poetry book with hundreds of poems, I just haven't released it yet, though it's all there. I was guided and told that it's just been divinely planned. And there's a certain person in my life that I had to meet first before it came into the works. 
and now her and I are co-creating this beautiful thing together and I'm excited to share all about that later. So if you're sitting on something that you want to, you know, put out into the world, but you just have this gut feeling that right now is not the right time, perhaps because it's all aligning right now. It's all in the works and maybe you're supposed to co-create it with somebody. And so when I received that inspired action or that inspired thought, I pursued it and it just has been flowing since. So when you receive an inspired thought, pursue it, do not hesitate. Because when you do hesitate, that's when the universe may think you just gave up and move you on to another path or even frequency. But just trust divine timing is everything. And you can tell the difference between it being a fear-based thought and it just not being the right time. You just know. You always know. Also, feel free to ask your guides every single day to help you with this magical creation, whatever you envision for yourself. And that is something practical, some practical advice that today's guest, who has been on here before and has been one of the most treasured guests on the show, Ainsley McLeod, who was a once reluctant psychic and channel and now just fully embraces it, his spiritual channeling abilities as he's helped so many heal their wounds, old wounds from past life and this life, including my own. And when I was first introduced to Ainsley's work, I thought that perhaps, you know, I was, I was a level nine. I thought because Oprah was a level nine (laughs) and I was like, there's no way that I'm older than Oprah. And I was like, wait, maybe I'm even in a level eight. Shoot. I don't know. I could be level eight. It could be level seven. I don't know. But I, I, I'm, I'm assuming I'm an old soul and apparently I'm a level 10 and about to expand my wings which is absolutely fine by me. And the more that I learned about level 10, the more I realized, oh yeah, that makes sense. I guess I am. Cool. And it doesn't matter either way. But it does make me feel as though I must serve whatever my soul's mission, true mission is right now. Because what if this is my last life? I don't know. And not my mind's desires, because of course I have a lot of ego-based desires too. But whatever it is that my soul really wants, which... (laughs) That peace and quiet time at the ashram this past month gave me so much clarity and so much confidence. I feel like a new woman with a capital W. So if you're not familiar with these levels and you're just scratching your head, then it was just an easier way for the guides to help our human minds classify how old our soul is. We like things divided by 10 We do like to categorize things just the way our human mind works, and that's okay. So level one being one of the youngest souls all the way up to level 10 being one of the older souls. It's not that we have 10 lives. There's hundreds of lives in those levels, but you graduate to another level in a sense because your soul expands in its human experiences. And Ainsley, he he talks all about that in his episode that was released October 29th, 2018, which I'll leave a link to that in the show notes. And I just, I highly recommend it. If you haven't listened to it already, you know, listen to that first and then continue on with these next two episodes. Yes, two, because I divided them up since we talked for about two hours and there's one released today, April 8th, and then one for April 10th. And also today, April 8th, his book, Old Souls Guidebook, 
has been released out into the ethers. You can order it now on Amazon or after the show and I'll link it in the show notes for you. It is life-changing. It's so insightful. And he worked on it with his spirit guides and has a lot of practices our spirit guides would like us to do in order to better connect with them and tune in with them and hear them and just how to thin that veil between you and them as well as expanding on how learning about our past lives can really help heal whatever wounds are hidden within or whatever wounds are surface. And we also talk a lot about karma and soul families, destiny, free will, life paths, and a lot on soulmates. And even more so on romantic soulmates, just so you know. Oh, and a spiritual view on um sex. A topic I know you're probably interested in. Don't deny it. I know you are. <laughs> and he talks slight bit about a couple of my past lives, which were interesting. And we figured out why I have a certain sexual block, which I unabashedly open up about during the podcast. <laughs> now, with all that being said, I must give a big, big thank you to Yomi Reviewee of the week, Sabrina Monarch. She writes Leo Magic. I love your own magic. I love the content, the interviews, and ultimately, I just enjoy hearing Raquel's muse. Oh, <laughs> She is a bright spirit whose laughter and heart radiates through the airwaves and truly reaches me when I listen to her. The values she expresses on her show and that she collects through the amazing interviews remind me to drop into communion, to love myself, and to literally follow my heart which she would call Yoda wisdom, those simple wise words. She is an inspiration, and I'm grateful for this show. Sabrina, <laughs> this is seriously one of the sweetest messages. Thank you so much. It means to Mama Moon and back, and your heart just radiated through that. I actually tell Ainsley about Yoda wisdom in this episode, <laughs> and he seemed to agree that you know our spiritual truths are most often the simplest of truths. Speaking of Yoda, here's actually a nugget of actual Yoda wisdom from Yoda himself that applies to everything we talk about today when it comes to healing from our fears by knowing our past. And Yoda says, named must your fear be before banish it, you can. <laughs> I love that. Named must your fear be before banish it, you can. Oh, wise Yoda, thank you so much. <laughs> Without further ado, because that was a lot of ado, <laughs> I believe it is time to let the magic begin with Ainsley McLeod. You know, one of the things I've always had to deal with is waking up and feeling groggy. I've, I've always described it as waking up feeling poisoned, you know. So, and what what I now, post surgery, I wake up feeling, oh, good. You know, I wake up in a few seconds, you know, and it's like instead of, you know, dragging myself around for the first couple of hours of the day. And that's been the most noticeable thing. I am 
shocked and amazed at the fact that you have, in this incarnation, gone your entire life feeling groggy and not refreshed when you woke up in the morning. Yeah. And to finally experience what that is like, I just can't even imagine. Yeah, I never imagined. I just thought, you know, I'm just one of those people. And um, Right. <laughs> wow. It's 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 the weirdest thing, you know, because I always used to envy those people who'd wake up and bounce out of bed and go and do stuff. <laughs> and I'd be kind of going, oh, Not a morning you know. person. <laughs> oh, um, no. no. Well, do you yeah. think that by any chance... Is it possible during your dream state, you might be like floating around the astral realm and it's like just so intense, but you might not recall it in memory when you wake up? I I do a lot of that. Okay. Um, that, that was one of the first things when I first started talking to the spirit world and realized that, yeah, I do. I, I have very active nights, you know, yeah. it's a lot of stuff going on there. <laughs> I don't remember my dreams. And I used to wonder, well, you know, why is that? And they said, well, you've got all this other stuff going on, you know. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. I have, you know, very active astral stuff going on. Perhaps that takes a um, lot of energy, even though you're not using your human body. But that's also a lot of energy, even mm -hmm. for the soul, perhaps. I think it's exactly, yeah. It's like not, um, not kind of switching off. Uh, one of the things that, you know, I talk a lot about the importance of meditation and I get that a lot from the spirit guides. They're always talking about meditation. And there are times when they've refused to work with me unless I, you know, agree to up my meditation. You know, times when I, I just want to get on with things and they're going, no, you need an hour meditation right now. And I'm going, why? And they used yeah. to say, well, sleep is not meditation. They're, they're different things, you know. And, yeah. um you know, there's a processing and recovery and so on goes that goes on with meditation that you don't get with sleep as well. So, yeah, so a combination of the two, obviously, would be ideal. Wait, this is fascinating. So to connect with the spirit guides, there's specific meditation. So because a lot of people will say, well, I exercise and that is my meditative time or I sit and have my cup of coffee and that's my meditative time. And yes, that's in a sense meditative, but I do feel, I feel like a deeper connection in a sense when I actually meditate the proper form of meditation. I, I agree. Like, you know, really, um, there's something about sitting down and really setting the intention and letting the spirit world know that this is your time to, to actually meditate and connect with them. And yeah. it's not that people can't get into some kind of restful state when they're sitting having a cup of tea or they're exercising. In fact, for some people who are very um, physically centered, you know, they can they can really connect, um, you know, like a very active outdoors type can through hiking or something like that to get get into like a hamster on a, a wheel get into some sort of other zone yeah but there's really no substitute for actually setting the intention and doing a meditation and all that goes with with that and i i get this all the time from the spirit world that because i've done it as well you know i've i've, I've hoped to say to them well you know i um you know i had a nap um <laughs> 
doesn't that count? And it's like, no, absolutely not. (laughs) Now go and meditate. I realize, yeah, for me, naps are a good reset if I'm at a very low state, but meditation is just different when it actually comes to connection. And when I was at the ashram, actually, because I had the entire day to do whatever, there was no, you know, I made sure that my systems were in order for my business. So I pretty much read a lot, wrote a lot, finally like had an inspired thought of how, what my book's going to be. But I also got to meditate for over an hour on some of the days. Mm. I didn't do it every day I was there, but on a few of the days I did. And there's a difference. And it's interesting you're saying this because I'm feeling like I need to do that more. Yeah. yeah I think sometimes you, yeah. Um, I, I find by just doing a long meditation every so often that it just reminds me of the importance and how how much better I feel when I do that. Oh, yes. And you don't have to do, at least according to my spirit guides, most people don't have to do really long meditations every day. You know, they're, they're very conscious that we live in a, a world where we have, you know, work to do and family and people and things going on trying to have a human experience (laughs) yeah so you know it's not like you have to meditate for three hours every day but even just 10 minutes can be better than nothing yeah when you can and then every so often when you can take take an hour to do it and it's amazing how refreshed you feel yeah that's true (laughs) that's so true well i'm excited to jump into the old souls guidebook by the way I just want to thank you again for coming in for a second time and just gifting your time today for me and the audience, but also Ainsley. I just felt so connected with you and you are one of my favorite people that I've ever interviewed where it actually just felt like we were talking and hanging out, but you were giving me such great insight and clarity on things that I actually needed to know to heal my own wounds in my life at that time. And since I've been feeling so much better. It's so amazing how after that, a lot of the pain that I was feeling was gone. So I just want to thank you so much. Oh, that's great. Well, thank you for saying. I appreciate that very much. And it's just an absolute delight to get the chance to talk to you again. Biggest delight. So thank you. Oh, thank you. (laughs) And also congrats. Your new book will actually be live the day this episode airs because I made sure to arrange it that way. (laughs) So (laughs) it's going to, yes. So this comes out April 8th, which is when the Old Souls guidebook comes out. And by the way, I read it back in December and I just, oh, I deeply connected with and I left me with a lot of curious questions that I'm sure a lot of the audience members, I actually would like this interview, the intention for this interview to kind of give a glimpse of what they might look for or look to when they read the old souls guidebook, just like a small little glimpse and just some other old soul truths that may resonate with them. Great. I'm, I'm happy to, uh, you know, give any information and, uh, uh, I mean, I'm very proud of the book and, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's really what I, it's everything I wanted to say. Oh. And, uh, I'm, I'm just, you know, really excited to get the chance now to, to talk about it. You know, it's been a long time coming and, um, you know, it's, it's exciting to finally have this thing coming out in the, in the world. <laughs> How are so you thank you for letting me talk like- about it. Yes. <laughs> Yes, thank you for coming on to talk about it. How are your spirit guides feeling about it? 
Oh, they're well, they've been with me every step of the way, and they're very pleased as well. Because um, I'm I'm not a perfectionist, but um, I keep I, part of me looks at the at the book. You know, I'm looking at the manuscript, and I'm thinking. Gosh, you know, I, and now that I've said that, I really need to explain it better. And thank God I have spirit guides because without them, <laughs> the book would be about 40,000 pages long um, <laughs> as I try to explain everything. And they're going, no, sometimes you just need to let things go. That's enough. You know, just one sentence will do fine there. You don't need a whole chapter. And um, so <laughs> I'm kind, I love that. kind of I'm, I'm pleased that I managed to bring it in at a very sort of reasonable is it 240 pages? You know, it's, it's quite, quite readable. Oh yeah. Um, so it's, it says everything I want to say, but still leaves an awful lot more to, uh, to talk about at some point in the future. Exactly. And that's why I'm excited because there's of course questions branching off of it, but yeah, I like to call that sometimes Yoda wisdom. It's like that Yoda soulful wisdom. It's so simple, nothing too profound, too complex, yet it's the universal truth that our guides are trying to share with us. But it's, that, This is what I try to tell people. It's, it's not that complicated. <laughs> you know, uh, there's something I didn't say it in this book, but I think I said it somewhere else. I think it's one of my other books where the spirit guides had said, well, what if learning to drive took a lifetime and it was kind of a good point i mean well who, who you know who would bother and you know that that sounds crazy but people think that about you know understanding their destiny or their, their purpose in being here that somehow yeah. you know it's a whole lifetime spent figuring your destiny and maybe maybe if you're lucky at the end of this long long life if you live long enough you'll finally have the answers and the, the the truth seems to be that your your destiny is really staring you in the face. You just need to know what to what to look for, mm. and that's what I'm trying to do with this book. Is say like you know this is who you are. This is why you're here, and it's not that complicated. But I think for most of us, we just really don't know what we're looking for. It's a mystery, you know. It's kind of everything's shrouded in in mystery and. Um, and it doesn't have to be that way. And certainly because I, I work with spirit guides on the other side and they're not trying to make it more difficult than right. it is. They want to communicate and they want to communicate as clearly as possible. And, you know, that does take effort. We were talking earlier about meditation and those sort of things are, you know, meditation, tranquility and everything goes with it. They really help when it comes to making a connection uh, with the other side. Um, and sometimes, you know, it's just getting those fundamental things down, you know, getting into a space where you can converse with the other side, tap into the small, still voice of your soul, um, small, still voice of your spirit guides and how, you, you know, then you can really sort of get to that, um, uh, you know, start getting well, their information, you know, allow them to help, um, shape the, the journey. Um, you know, your soul knows why you're here. Your spirit guides know where you've been and where you're going. And um, once you make that connection, everything starts to uh, flow. It's a lot, um, a lot simpler. Mm, and then we finally live in this state of flow because we can hear clearly the guidance that is within. 
but it, we just are so distracted by so much noise. And I definitely want to talk a lot about destiny and versus free will. But first, I figured that maybe we want to refresh some of the Yomi's memories for a moment, <laughs> distinguishing just briefly, very briefly, distinguishing the old soul from a younger soul, a quick sum up, and the different levels. Yeah. So, you know, I talk about, well, the, the book is the Old Souls Guidebook. And so I'm assuming that my audience is made up of old souls. You know, yeah. people who read my book or are going to be drawn to it are going to be old souls. <laughs> and one of the the signs of being an old soul is just a greater level of acceptance of others. I think that's one of the the main signs. If you think of it, your your soul is on a long journey from its first life, you know, first life on the physical plane um, to its last. And it's learning all the time. This is the, the reason for reincarnation. It's so that we we don't just come here for one life and call it good. I mean, some people would come here and they'd be here for ten, five minutes and never get anything done. Other people would have disappointing lives and you know die young. And, um, but by coming back over and over in different parts of the world, we get the chance to have a really well-rounded education. And what what all these incarnations mean is that we have young souls and we have old souls. There's a point of roughly about halfway through your your soul's journey on the physical plane where you become an old soul. And your, your focus shifts. Um, young souls are more sort of outwardly focused. They don't have a lot of introspection. They're learning to be human. There's a point, though, where there's a, a flip, sort of uh, an ability to sort of really look, look within. And that starts to um, shape how, how old souls show up in the world. Um, so if you're an old soul... Um, yeah, the tendency is to, oh my gosh, you know, um, have more concern about other people rather than just yourself. There's a there's just a sort of ever increasing sense of um, that we're all connected, that we're all one. Maybe even it shows up sometimes as altruism. Um, things like a concern about the environment. One of the reasons for that is that a lot of old souls. Um, are very conscious on are <laughs> conscious on a very deep level uh, that they'll be back, and um, and also that they want you know to respect the natural world and so on. Uh, and another sign, I'm thinking of a couple of strong signs. Um, usually, politically, the older soul is is a little bit more progressive or a lot more progressive. Um, because the, the soul's journey is taking it from one of fear to love. And as you hit this halfway mark, then you start to become more concerned about you know the, the fate and happiness of other people, not, not just yourself. And so it shows up politically and socially as being uh, just more, more progressive. Younger souls have still to learn that we're all connected. It's a little bit more sort of dog-eat-dog dog and just a little more selfishness there. It doesn't mean that all souls can be perfect. I mean, there are plenty of old souls who, <laughs> I, I describe them as people who make me go, ah, souls. They'll <laughs> 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 be jerks. <laughs> you know, it, and it really is, I, I do remind people that, you know, not, not to get all, you know, 
snobbish or arrogant about this you know and just you know remember if you're an old soul you were you were a young soul once anyway so that you know those are sort of some of the signs of being an older soul um usually or very often a sense of being spiritual and not particularly uh religious sometimes you can express it through religion but it's really much more of a personal um spiritual journey for an older soul Mm, yes. And there are 10 levels that, that you go through. Uh, they have a slightly different focus. But, you know, in your very early lives, you're just, you just want to know what it is to be human and just explore, you know. And um, then uh, that sort of thing increases until once you're, you're an older soul, it can drop off a little bit, you know. You do actually get some points where there's very strong creativity, um, a lot of very creative people are older souls. Um, they're at, at what's called level seven, and there's ten. Being, there's ten levels at all. Level seven, for example, is all about creativity. Most of my clients are level nine souls because there's a there's a real focus on things like spirituality and um, a very strong need to understand uh, who you are to make sure. There's one of the things that happens as you get to be an older soul is that you, you your soul becomes aware that you're running out of time. Oh, that you don't have like a hundred lifetimes ahead of you, you know, that you you want to get it right. So that's where things like, you know, the who am I, why am I here? Those questions become more important. <laughs> they take up way a lot of space in your mind. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Dear ladies with delicate flowers, our beautiful southern regions deserve to be fully nourished the way Mama Earth gifted us with all natural everything. No BS, no synthetics, no mystery fibers, and no chemical cleaning agents that we're just not aware of, but just promised purity to keep us fresh down there the way it's intended to be. We give love to the insides of our shells by feeding our shells with wholesome, pure, non-GMO, mostly organic foods. So why not treat every part of her the same way? If you haven't tried Lola yet, your flower is missing out as she really deserves something that is pure and organic. In fact, 100% organic cotton. Yes, organic cotton. So I am really happy to introduce you to Lola Feminine Products, which is one of the highest quality period products on the market. As each of us carry unique flowers, Lola offers a fully customizable period product subscription so you can pluck and choose from a range of products and a subscription that you can actually change or skip or cancel at any time. So there's no fear in having to stick with something, but I don't think that'll be the case. And you can choose to build your box with a mix of light, regular, super, or even super plus tampons, and either ultra-thin pads or night pads, and you can decide how many boxes you'd like to be delivered to your door. My flower is personally in love with other Lola products. For example, their 100% bamboo wipes, which are so refreshing and cooling and soothing and leave my flower just feeling like it took another breath. (laughs) These wipes also replenish your skin's natural moisture and help maintain a healthy pH balance down there, which is so important, especially if we do add a lot of acidity to our bodies and we're exposed to a lot of toxicity as we just walk around without knowing. 
So 100% bamboo wipes will do wonders to your flower and they're gynecologist approved and hypoallergenic. So let's nourish our flowers the way she deserved with Lola. And Lola is gifting the Soul Tribe 40% off your order. Yeah, 40, which is nearly half off your order for pure ingredients for your flower. Not a bad deal at all, I know. So just visit mylola.com and enter the promo code MAGIC at checkout to receive 40% off your order. That's mylola.com, M-Y-L-O-L-A, dot com promo code magic you know how to spell magic (laughs) and your flower will thank you and now on with the show but a lot of people assume that level 10s have it all figured out and that they've reached this state of enlightenment or a certain level of perfectionism which at least in my case that is certainly not at all the case um (laughs) Because I'm indeed very human. I have very human moments daily, but I also, of course, know that this is coming to an end, especially after talking with you. And I'm 100% actually more than okay with that. (laughs) But Yeah. um, yeah, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners are either level nine or level 10, but how can people that are maybe older souls have more compassion for younger souls? Yeah, I, th- I think it's to, it does help to remember that you were once there. Yeah. You know, you were, you, you know, you were once that younger soul. You raised an interesting point there that <laughs> I, I, I talk to a lot of level eight, nine, and 10 souls, really younger souls than that don't, don't generally come to me. But, you know, I mean, most of my clients, like I say, are level nine, um, then a lot of level tens. And it's the level tens <laughs> over and over. You know, when I tell somebody, oh, you're level 10, and they go, well, if I'm level 10, how come I have so many anxieties or uncertainties? Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a really good reason for that. Because you think that reaching this level of perfection would somehow mean that you know, you're really cool, you know, you've got got the whole thing down, you know, you've become this very, very wise person. And in a lot of ways, you have reached that point. But we live in a world that doesn't value the the old soul values. And I'll, uh, I'll try to explain what I mean there, is that um, as your soul ages, there are core values that it it tries to bring on board. It's learning all the time about the power of love, uh, peace, truth, and, and higher higher virtues. The spirit guides call it core values or paths uh, or goals. You know, the, the, the what you're trying to achieve, but they're also the way to, to get there. And so most old souls have actually got these things down. You know, when you actually go really deep beneath the surface, they, you know, they've they've learned the importance of respect for others or um, freedom or 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 whatever. Um, but unfortunately, when you get to be a very old soul, the veil between this plane and the next becomes thin, and that's really good because it it connects your your conscious self and your soul. It brings those two two pieces together, 
But as you connect very strongly with your soul, you also connect with your soul's past mm-hmm. and all the, the, the many experiences. And a lot of those are great because the, these, the good experiences or even some bad experiences can teach your, your soul some very, very important lessons that help you to reach that place of higher value, you know, where you understand the higher values like love, for example. Um, but you also tap into the negative traumatic experiences that your souls had. And that comes through in this life. I actually, I took the liberty of um, looking at one of your past lives. I actually looked at two of your past lives ah, before uh, before this call. Wonderful. Would you be okay if I, if I discussed this? 100%. I'm open. Absolutely. Okay. Actually, I forgot to make a, a note of this. I'm going to actually write this down in case I forget um, <laughs> as we do this. Okay. There's... This is exciting. <laughs> okay. So, well, the first one, now, I don't know how you'll feel about this and I don't know where you are on this, on the subject, but you had a past life in Russia and Poland. Um now, actually, because I did this very quickly, I think it's just one life in Russia and Poland rather than two lives. But the 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 gist of the thing would be the same; it wouldn't wouldn't matter. Um, it, this was a past life as a writer. Mm. Um, you were writing um, something that was connected with religion, and following on from that, you know, actually, it's a good, it's a good point about how your your soul does go from that sort of place of being more. Uh, of being religious to more spiritual because now you're guided to write uh, <laughs> spiritual yeah um, stuff yeah you know do, do you do you have a spiritual book in you i have it's funny you say that that last month i actually started writing and it just flowed the spiritual book that's in me at the ashram great <laughs> okay well what you'll be doing and that may be what you know why something like this happens in an ashram is that you have that tranquility. You have the yeah. peace and quiet that allows you to tap into and listen to the voice of your soul and your spirit guides. So they're going to be going, okay, so you uh, you learn to write um, and now you want to use that ability. And remember that all talents are past life abilities. Right. And now you, is the time to... to um, Focus on writing again. So, um, you know, and this is one of the ways uh, this will come up a lot when I'm working with people, how you can, by knowing about a past life, you can tap into the talents and abilities uh, more strongly. It's like, it's almost like drawing the energy of the the, the talent, if you like, uh-huh. drawing it out simply by knowing that, it, that it's there. The other um, past life that, came up was one on the island of Mauritius um, and it's all to do with the heart chakra and it's stemming from um, sexual abuse in that life and how sexual abuse in any past life shows up in this is that you're you're working all the time on keeping your heart chakra open Mm -hmm. and it's not an easy thing Mm -hmm. because if you go back to the past life if if you suffer sexual abuse, what your soul does is it tries its very best to protect you. And one of the first things that it does is to shut down the heart chakra for for protection. It's to um, 
in a way to to sort of numb you or to prevent you from um, being as hurt as you might be otherwise. The problem is that it becomes very difficult to then open up the heart chakra again to feel safe to um, you know to get back into the the loving and trusting space that you might have been in before and that can carry into future lifetimes so in this life when you have all this in the past then one of the 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 big goals if you like of this life is to keep that heart chakra open to to be a loving presence but of course you're going to be on a little bit of a hair trigger because the 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 soul is always cautious you know and if it if it feels unsafe it will go okay well, we may have a repetition of something that happened before, so we shut down again. One of the important things always is to remind, by by airing a past life, is to remind the soul that that was then and this is now, and it doesn't have to worry about whatever it was ha- happening again. Um, this is related to the fact that although you could have a hundred and something lifetimes, and you've you've lived and you've died, and it's all over a span of many thousands of years. Your soul has been conscious throughout. Your soul doesn't die at the end of each life; it's still there. And this seems to be the sort of miracle of past life work: is that sometimes you get the deepest healing from just reminding the soul that that was then, this is now, because it can't on its own separate one life very easily from the next. Right. And I would imagine if you scan your life, a lot of it will be about, you know, a, a lot of the experience you've had, you've had will have been about being in that loving place. You might have had some real challenges, um, things that have um, tested you in the area of the heart chakra. Does that make sense? My, I have chills and my heart chakra feels like it is radiating right now for whatever mm. reason. Um. Wow. I know I knew that there were some there was some sort of trauma in the past that had to do with something sexual just because I and I've talked about this with my listeners like I haven't been able to have sex for 5 years but I've never really enjoyed it. And Oh wow. It's interesting that I I yeah, have a major major block in that area. Oh, this may be it. Maybe. I mean, we can talk afterwards, but I, I, I wonder if maybe this, this could be the big one. <laughs> and if it is, you'll 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 know right away because you, um, you know what what your soul will do part part of this protection thing. It will shut down sexually, right? And once you find the past life, very often things open up. You know, you really feel that sexuality coming back. Right. And uh, the other thing is that um, what I found is that uh, a lot of women who have sexual abuse in a past life will have signs of that in the body. There there are memories that can be carried often in the form of cysts or something like that. Mm. It can be the sign that there was trauma. Somebody I mentioned in my book, um, I forget exactly, I think it was a 10-pound cyst. Uh, removed when she was nine years old, and um, and I I said to her, you know, this this must have played havoc with your relationships 
And she said, I'm, well, I'm 45 and I've never had a relationship. Oh my god! I mean, she was just shut down the whole way through. Wow. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, we, we, we should go deeper into this, but at some point, to. because it could, could really be the, the big one there. Wow. And, you know, if I'm working with somebody where, you know, there is an issue like this, then we just look for as, as many past lives because there could, there could be more than one. Of course. That's affecting it. And often you don't need very much information, you know, just simply reminding the soul that there was this life in Mauritius, there was sexual abuse, and that's been carried into this life can be enough. The, the soul goes, oh, okay. So we don't have, that's, that's oh, great. okay. So we don't have to go into like a deep hypnotic state or meditative state and have a flashback of that past and try to reprogram no. it. We just have to tell, simply no. tell a soul. You know, uh, well, I do it in my work by just telling people. Uh, when I f- first started doing this work, I thought, oh, you know, I have to presume I have to do these really long relaxations and a regression. And oh, I did that a couple of times, and I was so bored, and my spirit guides were going, you know, it's not that hard. You just tell them. Because um, I was in the zone anyway, so I'm getting, you know, whatever a person's experiencing, I'm getting it a lot faster because I'm doing this you know, all day, every day. Right. And uh, so I, I would just tell people, oh, you know, this happened in the past life and that happened. And then the next thing, you know, they go, oh my God, you know, I'm, you know, it's healed my pain or my, or, or, you know, I no longer have that fear or whatever, everything just, just lifted. And so, you know, that's, that's what I, I do. And it, wow. and it doesn't, you don't have to go to that, some incredibly deep place to do this. Uh, in, in my book, I talk about, children and how particularly how past lives affect them and show up in all sorts of different ways and i've helped many children through their parents by telling the parents what happened to the child in the past life and then mom or dad tells the child a bedtime story and you know this happened that happened and the night terrors or whatever's been plaguing the child disappears and this is the fascinating thing is they happen very very quickly you know because usually when the person gets back to me they say well you know it happened it was like a week later and you know no more you know no more night terrors or or no more fears of this or you know the tsunami or whatever the child was was fearing wow and very very quickly wow wait and then do you think the child sometimes knows that that story was actually a part of their world, especially since they were, they are so close. They are just newly fresh into this incarnation from the other. Do you think that they may have flashes and remember their past life? Yeah, very, very much. I'm thinking of uh, one of my clients who told me that she, she did that um, bedtime story thing. And she said her child didn't react. And that's, that's usually, you know, what, what people will tell me it's not like the child goes oh oh my god yeah it's all coming back to me <laughs> it's like because we're really speaking to the soul it's just getting yeah. a chance to go in and remind the, the soul and uh she she told the child about the past life and he said nothing this five-year-old and maybe a couple of weeks later he, he just like he's just walking through the house and he goes hey mom that story you told me a few weeks ago, that was me, wasn't it? 
And she went, wow. yeah, that was. And that was all that was said about it. So, yeah, the veil, you know, the veil I talk about, it can be pretty thin when you're when you're a child. And, you know, sometimes children remember past lives. Of course, this is people say, oh, I don't remember my past lives. But, you know, when you see these whatever it is, you know, pains or fears or limiting beliefs or all sorts of blocks, these are the memories. This is just how you remember your past lives. In fact, I'm. I would argue that probably we all remember our past lives, but just, we just don't consciously go, oh, this this is a past life thing. I think if we were more aware of you know, how this works, then we probably would. And be more open to it. And there are yeah. societies that do, but what is so profound is that whatever fears or phobias or any experience that seems very irrational or just something that doesn't make sense, like what you talk about some people some people would rather die or be in a tub of spiders instead of giving a public speech because they most well they most likely had something that happened in their past where they had like a public appearance of embarrassment or torture and yeah. so you say that you can't tell where you're going if you don't know where you've been absolutely and if, when we know where we've been we can heal from these past life fears and traumas that might consume us today oh it's it's incredible because you know i'm i mean i feel like i'm i'm just scratching away at the tip of the iceberg to mixing metaphors here but i also talk about you know being at the sort of wright brothers level of understanding of all this and i think you know maybe you know a couple hundred years in the future this will be much more mainstream and people will realize that we're all affected by our past lives and they're really showing up all over the place. The public speaking fear, that's a phobia of judgment. And all phobias, in my experience, and according to my spirit guides, all phobias are past life fears, all of them. And um, if you're afraid of public speaking or being tested or you have stage fright, it will go back to something like being tried and executed. It's it's usually some somewhere where you're facing people in authority, and then there are terrible consequences. I, I there's one little aside, little box that I put in the book about because uh, I used to have this fear. It, in, it was enormous. I mean, I I didn't talk in public for thirty years. And I, I would, wow. have, I would have run a mile from doing an interview like this, or <laughs> getting up on on stage. Um, I mean, the, I I couldn't even go into a room where somebody was giving a speech because it was so uncomfortable for for me, like a sort of empathic thing. And I think also it was a fear for well, what if that person sort of said, "Hey, let's hear from the guy at the back." It would be like, oh, I've I've bailed out of many uh, events. Um, when people have said something like, oh, let's hear from you. I'm like, I got to go. And uh, oh. couldn't, couldn't do it. I would, I would have a complete phobic reaction. Um, you know, my, uh, just, uh, I would feel like I was dying. That's a common fear. It's a very common fear. That, um, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's a bigger fear than death. Uh, it's Jerry Seinfeld, I think, said something about that. He said, because the fear of public speaking is bigger than fear of death. Wow. Most people would... They would like to be the body and prefer to be the body in the coffin than the person giving the eulogy. 
And but it's it, but it goes to all sorts of judgment. I talk about this this little section in the in the book, just a little box uh, that I put in there. I was having this conversation uh, with a friend. Um, he and I were discussing the, the the fear of public speaking, and this is before I actually worked through it with my spirit guides. And it was just a question of going into. I had to go into more than one past life. I think it was about three past lives to nail this one. And it was it it was huge. Like I say, I mean, it was a perfect ten as far as phobic reactions go. I mean, I'd come out in blotches in my face. I couldn't speak. Um, I mean, way beyond stammering. I was just like, oh my god, fight or flight. Oh no. <laughs> um, so my friend had the same thing, and and he's saying to me. Um, would you rather lose a finger than give a speech? And I said, well, which finger? And then we had this earnest conversation about, are we talking about, okay, we're talking about the little finger. What about, are we talking about the, you know, which joint, which, how, how much of the finger are we, are we talking about? And, you know, and we agreed that losing a finger would be a far better alternative to giving a speech. Hmm. And then I did the work and thank, thankfully, it was actually at a point before I wrote my first book and when the spirit guy just stopped me and he said, how are you going to, you know, talk to people about your book if you, can, <laughs> you can't speak in public? And I'm going, well, that's going to be hard. <laughs> and uh, they said, sit down, we need to talk. And we, we worked through it. And I actually gave a, a speech at my friend's wedding, wow. which I never thought I'd be able to do. And... Now I joke about, you know, you can't shut me up. I'm making up for like <laughs> decades of my talk. I mean, you even went on Oprah. Yeah. Wow. And it's yeah, so interesting yeah. because I thought for a while that it was our ego that was holding us back due to the severe fear or these limiting beliefs about ourselves that our ego was the one that was blocking us. And I always thought, you know, the soul thinks everything's fine, all is well, but now kind of extending it further yeah people think that so people think the soul's got all the answers and you know i mean i get that all the time you know people saying well, but isn't my soul perfect and it's like well you know your soul's at heart it's very loving and you know it comes comes into this world very inexperienced and it also carries the fear my spirit guys will talk about this i, th I think splitting hairs a little bit but they'll say the soul it isn't fearful but it carries the fears so it's almost like if you if you think of it that way, that if you air the past life, you know, bring it to the surface, then I, I, I sort of think of just taking a, it's like taking all this baggage from the soul. You know, I'll take that suitcase, thank you. And then it doesn't have that. It's not carrying the, the fear anymore. It's just able to, to release it. Do you remember... <laughs> the amazing past guest, Lacey Phillips, you know, the one who teaches tens of thousands of people to manifest whatever they desire as she learned the formula, how to dance with the universe so we can attract whatever it is our heart and soul desire. Well, she has a gift for the soul tribe, 10% off all of her workshops and programs when you use the code MAGIC which the link is in the show notes for you. And as I've said before, I've been using Lacey's formula magnetism program since I talked to her last year. And it's, it's 
just it's not your typical esoteric guidance which i also like but hers it's actually practical and approachable for all because she not only gives you the steps but she gives you a heads up on the signs that you just should look out for the tests that may happen when the universe begins to dance with you for your manifestation to come true so that you know you don't get stunted and now i'm aware of it I've been able to manifest the most abundant 2018 yet in many areas of my life that, you know, areas I used to feel powerless in, like money and self-worth issues. And now I am the most confident and magnetic version of me that I've ever been. But also, I feel so abundant and I am. And we all are. And we all have that in us. And sometimes it helps to receive the guidance in order to really tap into that magnetic self. And so, to manifest the most magical 2019, I'll indeed be continuing to use Lacey's formula and her other workshops on her site, which is newly rebranded, called To Be Magnetic. I highly recommend starting off with Shadow or Reparent or the formula Magnetism, but she has so many workshops. If it's money that you feel a little lack in, she has her opulence program for you, or perhaps it's a relationship, then try partnership, which I should probably try. <laughs> and she has a new one, Up Level, which is life-changing, and she talks all about that in her recent episode. So listen to that as well if you haven't already. I will always suggest this for anyone who's looking to shift their subconscious mind and recognize their self-worth and release those limiting beliefs. I was able to shift so many old stories and just finally tap into my worth in more ways than one. There are so many testimonials, hundreds of testimonials on her site with people sharing their experiences of how they have expanded in so many ways. So again, Lacey is gifting the Soul Tribe 10% off when you use the code MAGIC at checkout on her new site, tobemagnetic.com. Click the link in the show notes. That's tobemagnetic.com and use the code MAGIC. And let's make this the most abundant year yet, tribe. But yes, the idea that soul has is perfect. Well, yeah, kind of, but it's also <laughs> learning all the time. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, why come back? I mean, there would be no point if, you, if your soul came in to the first life, absolutely perfect. What would be the point of Having reincarnation or coming back? You know, it's the soul's perfect, you know, but it's not. It's kind of, it's all the time learning these, as I say, these core values, learning to develop these and, and get to this place of love. That's its goal, you know, really learning the fundamental importance of love so let's say later towards your level 10 and you learn this fundamental importance of love you've lived your purpose do you think that somehow the incarnation is magically going to uh die in some way and just go to the causal plane finally or what happens when we finally lived our soul's purpose all right well i'll back up just a little bit because between lives what's happening all the time throughout your your many lifetimes is that you come to the end of this life on the physical plane and you go to the astral plane which is where you first of all process the life that you've had 
And this is a fascinating process as far as I can see, because it, it allows you to really understand what you've learned in this life. You can never get a handle, a total handle on this um, while you're here. You can get an idea of it, but it's it's once you process what's happened, you're uh, you're experiencing your effect on other people, and all the 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 details. You know, it's it's your life flashing by, and and you're seeing all the uh, consequences of your actions and other people's actions on you, and the karma that's been created, the karma that's been dealt with. It's um very very complex and that's when you then know what you're still trying to work on um what's still pressing for your soul and then it, it the soul will go and start thinking about okay here's what i still need to learn here's what i need to work on and it starts looking for circumstances of its birth it will be looking for the um, family to come into the uh, the location the, just generally the circumstances of birth and so on, and then you know creating a life plan that allows it to, you know, maximum opportunity to get what it is that it wants done. So when it gets to the last life here, and I'm always very glad to hear my spirit guide say this: that perfection is not the the goal, because otherwise, <laughs> as I say in my book, if, if if that was the goal, we'd all be here forever. <laughs> but, <laughs> You know, there's there's a point where it's like, okay, that's good enough. You know, I've I've learned really pretty much everything I I need to get from this whole human experience. So your soul goes, okay, that that this is this is fine. I'm I'm done. And once you go over to the astral plane, then you'll spend uh, an extended period of time uh, being a spirit guide. Hmm. So. Um, over over time, rejoining with members of your soul family. These are souls that incarnated at the same time, but it's like a horse race. We all get to the finishing post at different times, so you might wait quite a while for the stragglers to come along. But you reunite <laughs> as a as a family almost, and and then um, move still with some sense of individuality. You know, like an individual consciousness up to the causal level, which is where you came in from uh, in the first place. And I'm sure this sounds a, a little bit esoteric and, and everything. Um, that is 100% okay here and welcomed. <laughs> yeah. And at some point there, you you then become more like just one, you know, you get sort of almost like absorbed into the consciousness again. It's like the, the idea is that your soul starts off like a spark from the cosmic or universal consciousness and then it's it's sort of just after all getting all this experience eventually goes back into that again and the idea is to raise that universal consciousness in in an earlier book in my book the transformation i talk about how the the way it was expressed to me is that it's like adding um a small dropper of food coloring into the ocean that this consciousness raising aspect of it all, like, you know, you won't notice anything from that little bit of consciousness coming in or that little bit of food coloring in the ocean, but over and over and over, you know, eventually the color of the ocean can change. And the idea is that we're all 
through going through this in all parts of the universe. I mean, it's happening in billions of, of places just over and over. The, these experiences of souls coming to the physical plane, going through some similar process. Obviously, it's going to look very different, but still the, the, the fundamental principles are the same. And then that consciousness is, is gradually increased. The idea is that the universal consciousness is growing all the time, which is pretty heady stuff. It's a little hard to wrap our heads around, I think, you know, from, from our perspective here on the physical plane. But no, but it makes the most sense. But what is interesting to me, and then you brought this up in Old Souls Guidebook as well, is that we we have a life plan, yet at the same time, we also have free will. And that part is what's really hard for some to wrap their head around. Yeah. Because we want to live our soul's mission so we can have this experience and and then finally experience the astral plane, look back on all our lives, go to the causal plane, but also be a guide for others. But in the meantime, our focus right now is our soul's mission. And there are so many potential interruptions and blockages and bumps in the road and past life fears and phobia interferences that might sometimes stand in the way it feels. Right. How do we know we're being guided? And also, how do we know? And how do we know? Because we have the free will. How can we make sure that we freely choose the right path towards our destiny? Oh, my. Ainsley is so brilliant. And I can't wait for you to hear the rest of his nuggets of wisdom. So let the magic be continued with Ainsley this Wednesday, April 10th, as we talk all about karma, purpose, soulmates, spiritual view on sex, relishing in old soul values, and so much more. <laughs>